0: Hello, I'm Pastor JP. Welcome, we are so glad you are checking us out online. We hope the word you're about to hear is an encouraging point in your life today. So we're praying for you, we love you, stay tuned. But I did I did just come from the Naval Academy and I, uh, I, I got the privilege of being the football chaplain, which was super fun. Um, and I, I'll, I'll mention this a little bit later, but one of my absolute favorite pictures that I had while I was there, um, so we do, I do a lot, I did a lot of praying with the team, right, before, before, during the devotions, and then after the game, and what I loved about Coach Nehemiah was that first thing we did coming back into the locker room, win or lose, right, win or lose, was he wanted me to pray. Everybody would kneel and we would pray and, and offer that moment to the, to the Lord, which, which I valued so much. And I was always telling the PAO, hey, can you please get a picture of this? Because I want to remember. I want to remember what this feels like. I'm not going to have this opportunity and so much fun. And she never did. <laughs> she never, not once. But the last game of the season is Army-Navy, right? Go Navy, beat Army. So, sorry, sorry, friends. And you know it's all the pageantry and all the things. And this past one, uh, we we beat Army, so right now it is Go Navy beat Army. And we walked into the locker, and I'm telling you what, it is filled with a whole lot more people than when we lost a bunch of the other games. <laughs> the The uh, jo- uh, chairman for the Joint Chiefs of Staff was in there. <laughs> the CNO was in there. All these people that have all these initials that are real important and have you know. Uh, Secret Service were in there, and and Coach, everybody kneels down and we go to pray. And lo and behold, the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy got a picture of me praying for the team. <laughs> of all the people, I got that picture. You can find it on Facebook. It's it's my favorite picture. But I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it here in a little bit. Before I hop into the Word, if you guys would allow me, I was uh, praying. I've been praying a good bit over this message and. Um uh someone that is so special to me is here, RP2 Stewart. He he and I worked together when I was with the Marines and uh I was over there thinking about him coming. It was it was a surprise. He drove an hour to get here this morning, and I was super excited and I was thinking about him coming and I I started getting overwhelmed with tears. And I'm not super I mean, you're looking at me thinking, Oh, she's a lady right? This make sense. She's crying. But I was getting overwhelmed in my heart, and I was like, Lord, what is going on? You know, I, I did, was praying and stuff a good bit this morning. I was like, what is going on with my heart? And it just dawned on me, and RP2, I'm, I'm saying this publicly for a reason. It, it dawned on me that there's been two times in my life where I walked into the presence of a person and just started crying. One of them was Donna Barrett. I told Christy about that. I walked into her office, I was sitting in a chaplain board and I was like, there she is, I can see her in the glass. You know, She's the first lady doing the stuff. And, and I was like, I just want to say thank you. you. know. And so I go to walk in and I say, I'm trying to say my name and tears just hit me and I was like, oh my gosh, pull it together. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been a mom and say I was like, come on, come on Holly. And I was like, well, forget it. So I'm crying and then she starts crying because I'm crying. She did not even know who I am. We're crying together in her office. Right? And I'm trying to get a, hey, thank you. <laughs> you know, Super classy. I mean, really classy. And, and then another time, for another spiritual hero of mine, I, I, I walked up and I got like t- 10 feet, not even 10 feet, probably. It, was, it was something. And I just started to break down crying, like, thank you. <laughs> you know, super, super attractive. Um, and I was thinking about RPT 2 coming. And I just started getting that same overwhelmed. And it dawned on me, that people that I honor in my heart, man, that's how much I love you. And you are, um, I honor you with my heart. You mean so much to me. And even getting to stay in that locker room praying for all those nasty, sweaty guys, which I love so much, you helped me do that. So thank you. And uh, thank you for coming. And thank you guys for letting me lean into that moment. That, was not, that doesn't count for part of this preaching, so just scratch that. But what I did want to talk about today, we're going to hop into the word, is not in the fireworks. That's, that's the title of my sermon, not in the fireworks. And, and you know what, before we hop in, let, let, me, just, let me just say a prayer. Get, get, I mean, I was getting trounced in the front row, but get more of the Lord. Jesus You are so faithful and good, and you're so kind. <laughs> and God, even, even as you remind me what honor looks like, that it's so powerful that it moves you at your core and makes you say <laughs> thank you with, with uh, ugly cry tears. Lord, I sense in my heart that you say the same thing over us. You love us, and you honor us, and you're so proud of us. And so, Jesus, we invite you, again, as we already know that you're here into this place, ask that you would anoint my words to speak exactly what you want to say and that you would open our hearts to hear, God, that we would not leave here the same, that we would leave here changed, that we would leave here more like who you are calling us to be, and I ask all of this, and you're good and strong in holy name. Amen. It was time for the drought to end. It was time. And our boy, our boy Elijah, had showed up and he, he, he met with the king and he said, Listen, king, I want you to pull together all of Baal's prophets, all of Baal's prophets. I want you, which is 450, I want you to pull together all of Israel and I want you to meet me up here on this mountain. And surprisingly to me, even as I think about this, he did it. King Ahab, he pulled together the 450 prophets of Baal. He pulled together all of Israel and they met up on Mount Carmel. Carmel? Carmel. I'm going to just go with it. I'm only going to say it that one time. You can judge me in your heart. And they met up there. And everybody was waiting. And the text says, Elijah came near to all the people. And he said, how long are you going to go limping? One one translation says, how long are you going to keep crutching one way or the other? How long are you going to keep wrestling back and forth? If Baal is little G God, then follow him. But if the Lord is God, follow him. Follow him. He said, you know what? Today, we're just going gonna to have a throwdown. Let's find out. I've got two oxen here. You guys were already on your home turf. We're at a high place. All your 450 prophets here. Hey, it's just me. I'm the only one for Yahweh here. That's it. You guys build your altar, do your stuff with your wood, and, and, and if you didn't know this, one of the traits of Baal, it's not in the text, but it's in history, was well, he was supposed to be have power over fire, right? And so he says, you know, what we'll do? You, you, you prepare your sacrifice, get your ox, ready. You got 450 people, this should only be super quick, right? Lay them out, but don't strike the match. Let, let's, let's, let's let... The, the God of fire, send down some fire and take care of the business, right? He, he's the one that you're all following. And let's just see if Baal lights that fire or if God does, if Yahweh. And they put together their stuff and they're walking around and they're saying, oh God, answer us. Baal, answer us. Nothing happens. And more time passes. I mean, this seems like a super long day. I don't know if you've ever sat in a meeting that's super boring and you're not doing, any, doing anything all day. But that's what I imagine all the, all the people of Israel are sitting here watching these 450 prophets go around. Come on, Baal, answer Come on, Baal, answer And it gets to the point where Elijah starts taking some cheap shots because he's a man of fire as well. You know, maybe he's just thinking. Maybe Baal's just thinking. Maybe maybe he's using the restroom. Maybe he's having a hard time. Look, my dog has a sensitive stomach. I know what that feels like. He didn't say that. I'm telling you I do. Maybe he is caught up in the bathroom and he's having a hard day. Maybe he went on a journey and he's far away. Maybe he's asleep and needs to be wakened up. Maybe you need to yell just a little bit louder. And they do. They start yelling a little bit louder. Come on, Baal. Let's do this thing and start cutting themselves, right? Blood all over the place, getting wild, just trying to, ah, come on. How many of you know that working yourself up into a frenzy, that may not mean that God is there. It may, but it also may not. They're in a frenzy. They're cutting themselves. They're crying out. Nothing's happening. And, and Elijah just says to the people, you come near to me. If you ever watch Friends, think of Chandler. You come over here to me. Come on over here to me, right? Don't judge me. Yes, I watch Friends. Come on over here to me. And he gathers the people around, and he, and he starts rebuilding the altar with 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel. And and he sets them up and then he, he's got the wood set up. Now think about this. This is just him doing all this work, right? I don't know how big these stones are. I hope they were just medium size. Cause when I think about yard work, that sounds like a lot, a lot of stuff. And he's got the wood set up and then he starts digging a trench. And this is where I thought about the yard work piece. Digging a trench is not a fun time. And he's digging it and he digs it so deep that it handles all the water that we're about to get into. He, he, he digs this thing, and then on top of all this, like, religious yard work, that's what I'm going to call it, he butchers the oxen. So this is a sweaty, bloody mess, and he's doing it all by himself, and he sets this thing up. It's laid on top of the wood fire, and he's ready to go. But he says, wait, 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 hold on. Let's make this just a little bit more challenging. Why don't you guys go get Three giant things of water and dump it on top. Because, look, I don't know if you guys watch Naked and Afraid. I don't know why I love that show. but Because it's a sunburn, sounds like a terrible time. Walking around with no shoes and thorns sounds like a terrible time. I would never do it. But I like to watch the people make poor choices. But if you've ever watched that show, you know that when they're in the jungle... If they don't have one of those quick fire starters, they're in trouble. And even then, sometimes the wood is just so wet, they can't get the thing started. And that's what I'm thinking about here. I'm like, he just doused all this stuff. I've watched naked and afraid. This is a bad time. You ain't going to get the fire to keep those mosquitoes from biting you in places you don't want them to bite you, right? he says, all right, let's let's pray now, right? Oh, Lord. This is in 1 Kings 18, 36. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Remember that. His prayer is not for fireworks. It is, but it's for the heart of the people. It is for the heart of the people that you have turned their hearts back. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, right? Doesn't matter, naked and afraid, doesn't matter anymore. Consumed all of it and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water, shoosh. And when all the people saw it, that's no joke. You want a fireworks show? Woo! Okay, and you're going to be hitting your face. You know what happens when somebody gets crazy with a bottle rocket? You hit the floor. This is bigger than a bottle rocket. They hit their face, and they're like, Yahweh is God. He's the one. Please don't get us. Just let it stay in this area over here. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And now Elijah says, Awesome, great. Gather up all the prophets. This is their last day. And the text says that He slaughters all of them. He's tired of false worship. He is tired of a fake God. He is tired of His people leaning on the wrong side of the crutch. He doesn't want them to have crutches. He wants them to be the people of the Lord, but that's not where I'm preaching today. Just, that was just extra. The next thing that happens is the drought breaks. I'm going I'm to skim over this a little bit. The drought breaks. He races past Ahab who's in his chariot, outruns him, a dude outrunning a chariot, just think about that, and runs for a half marathon, give or take, worth of running like that. Now, I don't know about you, but... I don't have any desire in my heart to run a half marathon, but I definitely wouldn't do one without training. And this guy just takes off. Woo, fire Lord inside of him. Inside of him takes off. And then his text shifts gears a little bit here in chapter 19. Good old King Ahab, making poor choice after poor choice, worse than the people on Naked and Afraid. He goes home and he tells his wife. You know what wife he picked? The one who was the high priestess for Baal. Like, God didn't want want people marrying outside of Israel because he didn't want them to follow false gods. And here this guy has not only done that, but he's married the nastiest, the most demonic filled. And he goes home to her. And in my head, and maybe this isn't how it went down, But I just see him kind of cower into her. Oh, guess what happened? (sighs) Candy, candy. He tells her what's happened. And you would think that after seeing something like that, that maybe, maybe Jezebel would have a chance. Maybe she'd be like, oh, he just killed 450 people. Maybe I need to get my stuff together. Maybe, maybe, I need, maybe I need to change what I'm doing. No. No, she says, bring me the messenger. Bring him, bring him over here. You go send Elijah a message. You go tell him that if he is not like, if I don't make him like what he did to my prophets by tomorrow, may the gods do, little g gods, do thus and so more to me. That's what she says. No respect. And you would think. You would think that after all this, after, after outrunning chariots, after running a half marathon, after praying a simple prayer and God sending fire from heaven, you would think that after he saw all Israel hit their faces and say, the Lord, he is God, that he'd be like, yeah, come at it. You want a piece of this? Good luck. But the scripture, the scripture says, then he was afraid. Then he was afraid, and he rose and ran for his life. Now listen, don't judge. Don't, don't judge this man in your heart. Don't do it. Now, first thing that popped in my mind when I, I obviously have read this story before, this is a good one. This is one you come back to. But after having gone through a season where I felt like I was working 100 hours a week, and knowing what adrenaline crash feels like, I'm thinking that's where he's at right now. I know what that adrenaline crash is. That's the real deal. And and I would say, don't judge him. This man can call fire from heaven. You should just think about that for your own self. But that fear sneaks up on him. He had already told. He had already told all of Israel. I feel alone. He had done everything he could do to to convince the folks that Yahweh is God. And still this lady is coming out. Still somebody wants to take his life. Still, God, can it never be enough? (laughs) I suspect he was tired and exhausted and afraid. And he just wanted it to be done. And so he ran for his life. And he goes to the wilderness of Beersheba. And he leaves his servant there. And he goes another day's walk into the wilderness. And he finds this broom tree. And he says to God, it is enough. <laughs> Have you ever been at that place? God, I'm done. This is, the, the tank's empty. Tank's empty. Bless you. It is enough, oh Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. God, I, I, I can't do anything better than anyone else. I just tried. This was like literally the, the best that I had, and, and still it's disappointing. And, he, and this is my favorite part. You know what he did? He laid down under that broom tree and he took a nap. That's a word for somebody today. You, you think I'm kidding. Sometimes you need to lay down and take a nap. And now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and, t- and tell you something, but a couple weeks ago, I felt like the Lord said, Holly, you need to take some leave. You know, when the Lord tells you it's time to take vacation, you probably missed the boat a while ago. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I go, I go, and, and I'm just at this random, this random place, and I'm telling you what, I took two naps a day for a week. I didn't even know that was possible, and I slept through the night. Sometimes, friends, you just gotta take a nap. And all of a sudden, this angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And there's a cake and there's some water right there. Sometimes you need to take a nap at a nice hotel. You know? Upgrade. And he eats that food and he drinks and he goes back and he has a second nap, friends. Number two, he sleeps some more. The angel comes back, touched him again, and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. There was something happening. Elijah had already separated himself, he already knew that he, he needed the space, he already knew that, and, and this angel brings provision. Friends, sometimes when you need a nap, sometimes when you're exhausted, sometimes when you're disappointed, sometimes God brings provision and you don't even really recognize it. We don't see Elijah going and be like, whoa, look at that angel. He's like, thank you. <laughs> but the angel and the Lord knew that he needed strength. And he ate that food and it carried him for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God in Horeb, right? Mount Sinai. What do you think of when you hear 40 days and 40 nights, you're the number 40. Well, I think of Jesus being tested. Well, that comes a little later. Spoiler alert. 40 days and 40 nights of testing. I think of Noah. I think of the Israelites in the wilderness. Even though it was 40 years, they were tested. Now, you look at this geographically, and they, they can't give you exact. Nobody, no scholar is ever going to tell you this is exactly where the mountain is and whatever. But it ain't 40 days and 40 nights walk. What I think, what I think is that not only is it symbolic, but this that was probably an eight to 11 day walk at a nice gentle pace, I think he was going slow. I think he needed to go slow. I think he needed to shift gears. Remember, he, this is the same guy that a couple of verses ago outran the chariots. There's a season for outrunning chariots, friends, and there is a season. For walking real slow. He takes this 40 days and 40 nights. And he gets to the mountain of God. And I'm going to read from the text here. 19 verses 9. And there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your commandments, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left. And they seek to kill my life, to take it away. And he said, the Lord said, go out and stand by the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. He's Lord of the fire, but he wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper or a gentle wind. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak or his mantle. And he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Sounds familiar, right? From a couple of verses earlier, he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. The people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left and they seek my life to take it away. Sound familiar? And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of abel meholah you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put, put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Friends, the word of the Lord. God is not in the fire works. But before we get there, number one, make space. I don't know who all's having is at the top of the mountain time. I don't know who all in this room is feeling like Elijah, completely alone, completely disappointed, completely discouraged, completely afraid. Not thinking like your best self. But Elijah made space to meet with the Lord. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not talking to the person that's already doing an hour's worth of devotion. You know, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about that special space that the Lord says, hey, what about this? Hey, hey what about you, you turn off your car radio and you talk to me on the way to work? Hey, hey what, if, what if you, instead of reading 15 chapters in the Bible, what if we just have a conversation and you settle in on one verse? Now, I don't know if that's your season or not. I'm just throwing it out there. Elijah made space for God. He made space for him to show up. He made space to do the 40 days and 40 nights, and he wasn't kicking and screaming. He just took a good nap before, and he slowly made his way there. He made space for the Lord. Are you tired? Are you weary? Do you feel alone? Do you feel attacked? Are people saying dumb things about you? Do you have questions? And none of this is too big for God. God's not afraid of your questions. God is not afraid of your questions. Let me just say that one more time. God is not afraid of your questions. Look at this man. He says the same thing to God twice. I mean, I'd be a little nervous. Already the angel encounter, and then he, you're hearing an audible voice. What are you doing here, Elijah? What's going on? It's not like, hey, friend, welcome. What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> right? He says the same thing, and then God shows up, and says, ah, firework, firework, gentle whisper. Same question, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he says the same thing. God is not afraid if you are stuck on the same question. He wants you to keep coming back to him, to keep making that space for him, whatever that looks like for you in your life. You might have 10 kids, Woo! Lord. They might be like five sets of twins. That's, whew. I don't know. And it might be just a prayer as you're washing one more bottle over the sink. God, this is real hard. I don't know what to do. Maybe that's it. That's that's making space for the Lord. And Elijah does that. And the second thing he does, <laughs> I'm going to start with this. They can put the thing up there and stand by for the voice. But I'm going to tell you this. If you've never been on a Navy vessel, has anyone ever been on a Navy vessel? Just me. Two, Oh uh, yeah, of course you, RPT. Three. Three of us. So four, five. I see that hand. Yes. So, so when you're on a big ship, and sometimes they just take a big turn, right? One of my favorite calls over the 1MC, of course, outside of the prayer, is stand by for heavy rolls as the ship comes about. You know what that means? You got a big old ship, and it's got a big old wake. And when you turn around, guess what you're about to hit? That big old wake. And you know what happens? Whoosh, whoosh. And and you hear it, and you feel it, and stuff moves around. Stand by for the voice. He is coming. When you turn that ship around to make that space for him, friends, he is coming. Those waves are coming. You're waiting inside. You're not looking, You're not looking out the windows because there are no windows except for the captain's office, right? <laughs> you ain't seeing what's coming. You don't know when it's going to hit you, but you know it's coming. When they say, stand by for heavy rolls as the ship comes about, it's coming. Friends, the voice of the Lord is coming. And it's not in the wind. It's not in the wind that is so strong that it rips apart rocks. Think about that for a minute. Have you ever heard a rock just rip open? One time, I'm so good on time. Woo. I'm getting I'm getting it. One time, I was, I was in the woods. I was doing some Navy leadership thing, and they had us backpack all our stuff, you know, the big giant backpacks, and you're like, ooh, you know, and the ones who were real classy had the little sticks, you know those people? I was not one of those people, not classy. I was just trying to do my thing. And... And all these people I didn't know, and you know one of the first things you have to talk about when you're in a group headed to the wilderness? Anybody want to take a guess? And there's no porta-potties. Anyone else want to take a guess? You got to figure out how you're going to do your business, okay? Because everybody's going to know about it. There's no way for your group not to know about your business because you got to stop everybody when you got to do your business, (laughs) right? So we set up camp one night and it's on this, like, granite cliff thing. I mean, there ain't a whole lot of room. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, there's about 10 feet to the edge from my tent. When I get up in the middle of the night and have to go number one, don't go to the right. <laughs> right? It's going to be a real bad day. And so I was like, well, and behind me are all the boys. But out of those which would I rather, I'd rather run into the boys. Right? <laughs> so, so we're set up in they tell you, if you're going number two, you guys are getting a, a whole lesson today. You're welcome. If you're going number two, you go and get the trowel. You know what a garden trowel is? You go get the trowel, and you find some dirt, and you dig enough dirt six inches down that you can cover it back up. Because their big rule is leave no trace, right? If you left a trace. Just hopefully nobody can smell it. So we're on this granite, and there's no dirt anywhere. And so we're having to, like, climb up the boulders just to find one little patch of dirt and then mark it so that nobody else tries to dig in that same spot. You see where there's some problems here? Anyway, one of my friends, Lee, was, I had just come down from finding a little patch of dirt, and she was, she was going up, and I was like, look for the stick. If you see a stick out of the ground unnaturally, go away, right? And she climbs up. And all of a sudden we hear this noise. Boo! I, I, I don't, that's not going to capture what it was. But it's, I mean, it stops you. And you, my immediate thought was somebody's about to get medevaced. I hope she's still alive. Right? It was so loud and very specific. Like it stops your whole heart. And she was Okay. One had just disintegrated in front of her, but that is the noise that I think about when I think about the, the wind ripping through the rocks. I've heard a rock get ripped through, and it is not a fun time. And all this is happening, Elijah's just hanging out in the cave, but God wasn't in that. He wasn't in that. He was not in the earthquakes. Anybody been in an earthquake before? Couple, yeah. I was out walking my dog in California when an earthquake came. You wanna know what it looked like? The ground doing like this. My dog was not very happy, it was Cooper. She was like this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It, was, it wasn't in the earthquake, as terrifying as that is. And it was not in the fire, and I don't have any idea of what this looked like. I don't know if it was one of those tornado fires that you see on the internet. Whatever This sounds terrible. God was not in the fire or the wind or the earthquakes, but he had power over all of them. You know where he was? In that that gentle whisper, that breeze that blows past your ear and makes you turn in just a little bit to wonder if there's going to be some more. You ever stood in a breeze like that? That's my favorite. I'm gonna gonna tell you another failed TV show that I watch. I was I was on leave again and I went because I felt like I was like, Lord, I felt like the Lord wanted me to go. And I was sitting there, I was like, Lord, I don't think that reading is is what this is about. I was like, I don't know what this is about. So I was trying to listen, and and I'm telling you, I felt like the Lord said, just just watch the crown. Now listen, that is an R rated show. You need to be careful. The first, the, first couple, the first couple episodes, that's where, that's where my moneymaker is. And I, I like a good British accent in the background when I'm cooking. I watch the great British baking show. And I turn on the Crown. I say, you know, Lord, I've watched this. This is kind of heavy. Are you sure? Oh, whatever. Okay. At this point. When you're real tired, you're like, okay, whatever. When you're real desperate, you say, okay, Lord. The silliest thing, it doesn't matter, whatever. So I turn on the crown and I'm I'm sucked in because it's my favorite part. It's before she is the queen. It's while she's a regular person and you see all these moving parts that are setting things up. And it gets to like the third episode. And she makes one comment and I am telling you. I'm telling you it was from the Lord in my heart. She says, everybody here thinks they can do my job better. And I hadn't told you the season that I had just come from. And I hadn't figured out quite what the season that I had just come from was. And I heard her say that, and I said, God, you helped me. That's it. Sometimes the Lord speaks in his still small voice, even in things that don't make sense. Stand by here for his voice because it's coming. Number three is follow his word. We hear him speak here. He's real clear with Elijah. He says, look, man. You're going to go anoint Haziel, you're going to go anoint Jehu, you're going to go anoint Elisha. And and they're going to take care of things. And by the way, there are 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. You know what the Lord was telling him? I don't know if you heard this when I was saying this and reading it, But over and over, Elijah just keeps saying, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. The Lord says, no, you're not, man. There are 7,000 that have not bended their knee or kissed Baal. And what he tells Elijah to do after all these fireworks, after calling down fire from heaven, after ending the drought, after racing past the chariot, after running a half marathon... What he tells him to go do is anoint three people and make one of him his disciple. Friends, when I got to pray for my guys after they beat Army, that was a mountaintop moment for me. I loved it, but you, well, you want to know what I love more? That the Lord told me to go on vacation to a state that I really don't like, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. I don't want to make anyone sad. He told me to go to a state that I didn't like, told me to to watch a TV show that I had seen already, and spoke to me something that I didn't even know that I needed to hear. That gentle whisper off of a TV show that's inappropriate. Come on. Are you following his word? Sometimes what you think should be the next bigger step is actually... Smaller and it has a bigger impact. You know that Elisha had double the anointing. I don't think it's a coincidence. I know who his rabbi was. So I want to ask you all today: Who are your people? Who does your heart break through? That you say, "Oh God, break into this place. Show up with your fire." is the person that God says, why don't you disciple this person? What has God called you to do? What has he said to you? Has he told you to just talk to him while you're doing the dishes because you have five sets of twins? Do that. Has he told you to take leave for five days in a state that you don't like? Do that. What has he told you to do? Did you follow him in the last thing he asked you to do? Maybe, friends, maybe what he's asked you to do is smaller than what you thought. I'm here to tell you it's not. It's not. There will be seasons where fire falls from heaven and it is super fun. there will be seasons where God says you thought that was fun just wait till you hear my whisper and I don't know who in here is feeling alone I don't know who in here is feeling afraid I don't know who is dealing with what but what I do know is that God's not in the fire but he is Lord of it I'm just going to pray before I get ahead of myself Jesus, we thank you that you don't leave us alone. (laughs) We thank you that you do speak. We thank you that when we make space and sometimes even when we don't, you show up. And so Lord, I ask right now (laughs) that you would speak to your beloved, that you would speak to the ones who make up Northside. That you would let them know what your gentle whisper voice sounds like. God, give them courage where they need it. Help them throttle down where they need it. But God, above all that, above all, well, actually, Lord, for those folks that are caught in a moment where they feel like death is a better option, oh God, let your voice break into their lives today. God, let your voice break into their lives today. Where their logic is clouded, where they're not their best selves, God, let your voice break into their lives today. We will be sure to give you all the praise, God, because you are worthy. We will be sure to follow you all the days of our lives because you are good. And we thank you so much for the blessing that it is to follow you and follow you where you call us. And I ask all this in the strong name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us again. We hope today's word was a blessing to you, maybe even challenged and inspired you. We'd love to connect with you, serve you in any way. Go to mynorthside.church, click the link for us to connect. We are praying for you. We believe that God has great things in store for you. We'll see you next time.